This is the 414th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter for the AJC. And in today's show, we're going to help to get you ready for the Falcons' next game against the Green Bay Packers, which is set for 1 p.m. Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. If you're listening to this for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicle from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is taking Georgia political coverage to the next level. Now, Georgia's smartest political team is adding Hall of Fame political broadcaster Bill Nygut. I am beyond thrilled to be joining the remarkable political team at the AJC. And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein, And me, Patricia Murphy. And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and we're going to get you ready for the Falcons game against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. The Packers, of course, turned the page from the Aaron Rodgers era over the offseason, traded him to the Jets, and handed over the offense to Jordan Love. I know uh, you all have all heard by now that uh, Rodgers hurt himself last night in the Monday night game and is out for the season. Wondering if the Jets are going to call Matt Ryan. You know, some people think they should call Tom Brady. Some people think they should call the Rams and try to get Matthew Stafford off of him. But Robert Sala is going to talk later today. I think they're going to go with the young guy Wilson, Zach Wilson for now. But we'll see what happens in New York. But just wanted to, that's breaking news. League-wide notes so we wanted to open up with that before we move into getting you ready here for the Green Bay Packers. They um they beat down the Bears 38 to 20. And we always had always had a joke about, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers kind of brought the joke up uh that he owned the Bears and the record uh Brett Favre owned them before he did. But right now we want to hear from Falcons coach Arthur Smith on the Green Bay Packers. Matt's done a good job. You know, I think Matt's a guy that hasn't gotten to the floor, hasn't gotten a lot of credit. You know, I think people rationalize it. Matt's a terrific coach, and uh, I thought yesterday they executed well. You know, when they get down in the red zone and they had a play extension, he worked back and got up one. Yeah, we saw Aaron Jones take a short little route, and he took off, right? And there was, they took advantage of the turnovers, played a sound football game. They didn't beat themselves. And so that's what you see. You know, sometimes the, the stat lines, again, you have, have to have context um, to it, which makes it fun. I mean, that's what. I don't, it doesn't bother me that people look at stat lines because it it keeps the game interesting. I mean, that's what I think if you look from a market standpoint, the, in, the amount of interest people have, whether it is fantasy football or whatever, I think it's good for the game. But a lot of times there's a lot of context loss. 
and uh, that's what's important. But they, they did a nice job yesterday. Um, we're excited about, about the opportunity this weekend. All right, that's Arthur Smith. Uh, went off, uh, started on the Packers, then went off on a stat fantasy football tangent. Uh, we're going to look at stats, so I don't know why the coaches don't want to quantify things, but we do. I guess maybe he, he didn't want to answer. Uh, nothing had to do with Drake London not catching any balls there, but he went on a, a numbers tangent. But here, um, one of the big things, too, for Sunday will be the defense, uh, which will be called by Joe Barry. Of the Green Bay Packers, uh, y'all remember him? He was linebacker coach with Tampa Bay, then went to um, Detroit with Rod Marinelli. He is uh, Rod's uh, son-in-law, and my good friend Rod Parker got into trouble trying to um, ask some questions about that back in the day. But here is Arthur Smith on Joe Barry and the Packers defense. Yeah, he's adapted. You know, different from when probably the Rod Marinelli days. Uh, you know, I think you know coming out in LA, a lot of guys have been out there. You know, this. That's why I, I never call two schemes the same. Everybody's going to put their own touch on them. You know, they get to a different group of people. But uh, some of the coverage principles, you know, I think they do a good job. They play different packages as well. So they got a, they got a good football team. All right, yeah, they did pretty good against the Bears to open. There'll be some familiar names on that defense for you all. Uh, Devondre Cambo. Former Falcons draft pick is one of the linebackers over there. Uh, and uh, also Quay Walker, Chris County and UGA, former UGA standout, is also a part of that defense. We'll get into that a little bit later. Now, uh, we talked to the punter, Bradley Pinion, who was on the uh, Tampa Bay Super Bowl team when they beat the Packers on their way uh, to beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Here's what Bradley Pinion had to say about the Packers. I'm excited to play it. Uh... Green Bay is a historic organization, so just excited to play against them. Um, have some good memories of beating them, so hopefully we can add to that. Well, no question about it. Bradley had a great game on Sunday. Average 46.1 net yards punting. Had a bad one early, but he boomed 158 yarder that went uh, over five seconds of hang time. So the punter was in the locker room, so we checked in with him. And we checked in with a few other players on Monday. And uh, here is what Tyquan Graham had to say. Tyquan was coming back from his knee surgery. Uh, they kind of monitored him during the preseason and exhibition season and, uh, and the offseason. But here's what Tyquan had to say about coming back and about the defensive line rotation at the tackle position. What was it like getting back out there, getting some action? I know it's long road back and far road for you. Um, it was good out there getting some action. Um, definitely was excited there, and you know, to do a regular season game, you know, out there with the guys for the first time. Uh, definitely have some nerves going for sure, but I'm definitely excited going forward, and you know, just you know, continue to build. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, what was the, the what it like with the units? Looked like coach had the rotation going, everybody keep everybody fresh. Was that a part of the plan yeah it definitely was a part of the plan they got the rotations down mm -hmm. um super organized you know who's gonna go out there before you know the drive starts uh, we pretty much know like how many plays and then kind of start looking to the sideline and get ready for guys to come in and you know everybody's pretty fresh nobody's you know gassed or anything uh, what are some of the things y'all want to build on? I know Coach said it's uh, stuff they wanted to work on. What about for the guys up front? Up front, I think it's about playing consistent, uh, consistent in the run game. I feel like there's definitely times that 
we had some leaky yardage. Um, they got more yards than we wanted them to. Also, being way more consistent, you know, towards the end of the game, we were getting, you know, some sacks, QB pressures, but we wanted that to start a little bit earlier in the first half, of course. So it was Grady and David, and then you and Albert would come in for that? Mm-hmm, yes, sir. Okay, that was, I'm going to make sure I had that right. Yes, sir. Uh, what about uh, Green Bay this week? Getting ready for them. I know that one's just over with, but i kind of look ahead to this one coming up. Uh, I got to look at them a little bit, but haven't got, you know, a good in-depth look at them. But I know they got two good running backs, you know. They got, uh, you know, A.J. Dillon, more downhill type of guy. Then they got 33 who can catch the ball out of the backfield a lot. i just seen them take that screen to the house, you know. But um, I know they got a, you know, talented back, and I know they got a pretty physical line as well. But, you know, we'll be ready and prepared for them. Well, that's good. Taekwon is, uh, you know, he battled back and he said, uh, you know, it's him and Albert. They go in for Grady and David on Yamata. Uh, it's real organized and he uh, really likes the rotation. He was a starter last year before he got hurt. But, uh, the Falcons signed Ayumata and kind of upgraded uh, at that spot. And now he's back at, in a uh, backup row, coming back off of that knee surgery. We also caught up with Nickelback D. Offer. He had a uh, tough assignment against the Panthers. He had to hold down Adam Thielen. And uh, he did. He held him in two catches. And here's what D. had to say about his game against the Panthers and wide receiver Adam Thielen. How did that uh, first game uh, feel for you? Uh, it felt pretty good, man. It's always feel good when you get a victory, um, you know, but we was able to you know, watch film, see a couple mistakes, and we're going to build on to that going into week two. Um, what's the sense of, uh, you know, hey, we're 1-0 in a division, a uh, good way to start the season? I mean, it's it feel great to be 1-0, but then again, it's a long season. Uh, the goal right now is to go 2-0, and, you know, Walking in the means, you can tell everyone had that same mindset to uh, mm-hmm. let this first game go by and get ready for week two. And uh, how was it in the slot yesterday? Uh, it was a pretty good game. Uh, I had to go up against Adam Thielen the full game, and, mm-hmm. you know, that was the game plan for me uh, was to eliminate him, and I felt like I did a great job on, you know, taking him away from the game, and he only had, well, I want to say two catches. You know, he's a great player, but, you know, like I said, the game plan was to eliminate 19. I feel like I did a, a good job doing that, you know, with the help of the D-line and, you know, the full secondary. And uh, coach said they tried to load it up and run at you a little bit, but you, he said you were up to the task. Oh yeah, I was able to, you know, <laughs> hey, we all football players, man. Like uh, in, the, in the words of coach, man, it's a it's a grown man sport. So I had to, you know, put my big boy pads on and you know, uh, make a play. All right, D. Alford. Um, always good talking to D. Uh, kind of got tipped off he was gonna have a shot to make it last year when he signed from the Canadian League, and. Uh, just remember the story about how uh, the receivers in the CFL get a running start and how, you know, he was able to cover them and that helped them get ready and helped them with the transition to the NFL. He belongs. He's starting to feel like he belongs. And Coach Jerry Gray talked about him belonging uh, also during the exhibition season. So if they got a quality nickel, that's going to be very important against these teams that like to run 11 personnel and throw three receivers out there. Now, the um, other cornerback, Trey Flowers, he started and played outside opposite of A.J. Terrell. Here's what Trey Flowers said about the game against the Panthers. How you feel? Everything went yesterday. Got the W. Uh, yeah, winning is the most important thing. Uh, always some things I want to clean up myself, just being hard on myself. 
as a team, we, we won, played yeah. good, played good enough to win that day. Try to do it again next week. What was it? Uh, what does it feel like to be 1-0 after a hard-fought game like that when you're uh, uh, It's hard to win in the league. That's what Coach always says. And that's the truth. So you celebrate all of them. Uh, start with the next week now. Start with Green Bay. I, uh, you know, was telling Pote, you didn't start 41 games. So it ain't, you know, like nah, yeah. somebody out there that ain't started before. Nah, yeah. Uh, very fortunate with the opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, 41 makes me sound a little old. Starting, <laughs> starting a lot of games. Yeah, starting a lot of games. But, yeah, um, nothing new. Just putting your mind to it, having the right mindset. Uh-huh. And how did uh y'all did y'all feed off of Jesse's plays? He had a couple picks and oh, yeah. worked the fumble and So yeah. I seen that front hand. So uh he caught his, I'm like, yo, it's my turn. That's <laughs> so yeah, just feeding off of that. Everybody's hungry to make great plays and play along the system and it's gonna be fun all year. All right, that was uh Trey Flowers, Atlanta Falcons cornerback. All right, we're gonna take a break. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the black mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles, episode 414. Getting you ready for Sunday's game against the Green Bay Packers, who will come to town 1-0 after a 38-20 dismantling of Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Now, I got an offer for you. So go get a, a little pen and some paper so you can write down this website so you can get this deal here. I don't want you to miss this blessing. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to, here's the writing part, subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. Again, that's subscribe, S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E dot A-J-C dot com backslash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. All right, now let's move on to some Green Bay Packer notes. You know, we usually do the whole, um, you know, offense, defense, uh, statistical analysis. 
Uh, but we'll wait to four games in because numbers don't mean much after one game. So we've just got some of the highlights of that Bears game. And we'll look at, um, you know, some of the uh, on the game notes here from the Packers and Bears to kind of get you ready. The big theme in Green Bay is, hey, they handed it over to Jordan Love, um, you know, moved on from Aaron Rodgers. So from 92 to 2022, they had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. So that's like 30 years of high-quality quarterback play. Only had two Super Bowls to show for it, but, you know, hey, Rodgers got one, Favre got one. But the Packers have been in the hunt just about every year for the last 30 years in the NFC North. So the NFC North teams were thinking, oh, okay, Aaron Rodgers is gone. We could take over. Bears were loading up. They had a lot of money like the Falcons. Uh, in free agency and then Detroit's looking good they went out to Kansas City and won but the Vikings who you know was sneaking there and win one every now and then they uh they lost to Tampa Bay so Green Bay will come here uh, on a high after beating the uh Bears 38 to 20 and uh Jordan loves the main guy there the series this will be the 32nd regular season meeting the uh Packers lead this series 17 to 14 but the uh it, the record is 2 and 2 in the playoffs and of course y'all know those two playoff wins were two of the biggest in franchise history of course beat them beat them to go to the Super Bowl in 51 back in 2017-2016 season. Now, Love uh, was drafted in the first round of the 26th overall out of Utah State in twenty in the 2020 draft. So he's been sitting. They didn't play him right away. He only had one start and played in 10 games uh, since he got drafted. So Matt LaFleur is there with him and, you know, had a pretty good season debut against the bears he's six foot four 219 pounds and against the bears completed 15 of 27 passes for 245 yards and three touchdowns he finished with a passer rating of 123.2 and he rushed three times for 12 yards and also, the Packers have four explosive plays of 30 yards or more. And running back Aaron Jones had 11 touches for 127 yards. You know, Tyquan Graham, he talked about both of the running backs. He got A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Kind of a one-two thunder-lightning uh, combo. Uh, Dillon's more downhill runner is what uh, Tyquan told us. They also saw Aaron Jones break the 35-yard screen for a touchdown against the Bears. So they know they'll have to be sound uh, tackling in space. Of course, the Packers are coached by Matt LaFleur. Former Falcons assistant uh, under Dan Quinn. He was a quarterback's coach in 15 and 16. You know, they didn't think he was ready to be the OC. So that's when they signed, uh, uh, got Steve Sarkeesian to come in and be the uh, OC. And uh, after Kyle Shanahan left to go to the San Francisco 49ers. So then LaFleur goes to L.A. and becomes a OC for a year. And that's 2017. Then uh, in 2018, he goes to Tennessee where he's the OC. Once he leaves Tennessee, he gets the Green Bay job after two years as OC. And then Artie Smith becomes the OC in Tennessee in 19. So, you know, these two guys know each other, familiar with their versions of the West Coast offense. And uh, Smith noted that 
Lafleur is tailoring things to fit Jordan Love, so that's a, that's a note, something to keep a, a watch out for in the upcoming game. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, kind of already mentioned that Devondre Campbell is there, uh, played with the Falcons from 2016 to 19. Uh, they didn't resign him. He since got a long-term deal with the Packers. I think he spent a year with Arizona uh, before getting a deal with the Packers. He did two free agent deals. Two one-year prove-it deals, and then finally got a long-term deal. And then Quay Quay Walker, we mentioned him too, part of the linebacking crew. And he had a 37-yard interception return for a touchdown in the Bears game. So be on the lookout for the linebackers. The unit is coordinated by Joe Barry. You know, he's a Tony Dungy disciple you know, all those, uh, you know, Monty Kiffin, Marinelli, you know, Joe Barry was the linebacker coach down there. It's a, oh, the old 4 3 cover two scheme, but, you know, everybody's got to match up to these uh, three wide receiver sets. Um, they were the folks who, the Tampa two, they got their own defense <laughs> named after them. Coach noted that all these coaches evolve and take stuff from when they move to other spots and so forth. So Barry's not, you know, don't expect to see a cover two all day Sunday. Just want to look at a couple more things on the game book. We'll go over their starters here, some of their starters. Of course, you got uh, Campbell and Walker. And then while we're on linebackers, just shout out uh, Rashawn Evans uh, signing with the Eagles. Uh, Nicobe Dean went down. Rashawn was the leading tackler here uh, last season for 150, 159 tackles. And he was a pro's pro. He was the PFWA's good guy award winner last year. So we'll wish him well in Philadelphia. I don't have a real answer as to why they didn't re-sign him other than you got a a new DC coming in here and him signing one of his linebackers from New Orleans. I don't know if if, uh, Evans wanted, you know, price himself out of the market or or what, but he's in Philly and, uh, you know, they'll need him because N'Kobe Dean's down for about a month go back here to Packers defense 97 is one of my favorite players in the league Kenny Clark uh watch him Drew Dahlman and them uh, you know that's going to be a battle up front Kenny Clark and uh the interior of the Falcons offensive line of course Jair Alexander's one of their top corners and then Savage was uh he's one of the uh he led him in tackles against the Bears so that's a solid uh defense it looked like they they opened in a nickel they opened in a 4-2-5 they got their outside linebackers there's no 2-4-5 but I'm sure the outside linebackers maybe one had a hand down maybe one up but we'll, uh, that's what it's, it's looking like on the game book here and then on offense they open with uh double tight ends one running back so 21 and uh two two wide receivers a little runnings there on the line jenkins left guard is one of the top guards in the league and musgrave bill musgrave's nephew was drafted there he's one of the tight ends Let's look at some of their leaders against the Bears, even though Coach doesn't like us looking at the stat lines. We're going to do it anyway. So overall, they rushed for 92 yards, 32 times. Uh, leader, of course, is Aaron Jones, 9 for 41. They kept hammering Dylan uh, up in there, but um, the Bears kept him under control. 13 carries for 19 yards. Jordan Love added uh, 12 yards on three carries. They 32 times, that's a lot, so they stuck with it. Then uh, we gave Jordan Love stat line, 27 attempts, 15. Leading receiver yardage-wise was Jones, 2 for 86. Leading receiver catch-wise was Dobbs for four. And two touchdowns. 
That's what they have offensively. Hunter Whelan, he averaged a 38.6 net against the Bears. So those are, um, you know, some of the big things coming out of Green Bay. Uh, Jordan Love taking over at quarterback. He's got some weapons. Christian Watson is not playing. That's a, a Tim Watson's son. Tim uh, is from Macon. Played at Howard. Played in the NFL with the uh, Chiefs and Packers. I believe he's still out with the hamstring. So we'll monitor that. We'll get the injury reports this week and uh, see how um, if he's going to be available. That'll be a big uh, a big item there for the um, Green Bay Packers if he can make it back. Those are big offensive issues. They're moving the ball around, diversifying everything. Got a pretty strong defense. A lot of first-round picks over there on that side of the ball. Very sound. Uh, West Coast offense principles taught by Matt LaFleur. And a very sound defense by Joe Barry, longtime NFL coach, disciple of Tony Dungy. So on Sunday, the Falcons, you know, they said they got problems. You know, they got to work on some things. Uh, we'll hear about uh, some of them throughout the week you know the passing game we knew that going in and we didn't expect it to look that good but De um, Desmond Ritter did hit 15 or 18 passes but it was very very conservative you know everything was a check down I want to read um, read an uh, item here from CBS Sports they, they kind of gave uh, Ritter a C Chris Trapasso gave him a C, I think C minus. Here's what he had to say. This was a difficult watch. While Ritter wasn't making mistake after mistake and throwing the football inaccurately, he demonstrated minimal pocket navigation skills and assertiveness as a passer. And there was seemingly even less trust from Ritter's coaches. Everything beyond the final throw was a swing pass, a check down, a screen that got the ball out quickly. When he did have opportunities to scan the field, he quickly resorted to a super conservative underneath throw. Okay. Now, Coach did say they had spacing problems. And then also, um, I think they had a Brian Burns problem, <laughs> which they ended up correcting by sending some help over there. You know, they did notice that Ritter had a couple big plays. Of course, the big throw to Pitts. And it, they noted that, wow. Outside the pocket to his left late in the third quarter, Ritter dropped down to the sidearm, released, and found Tyler Algiers for 12 yards. Uh, was considered a high-caliber throw and play. And then his last throw of the game, with, with right around five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, Ritter launched a jump ball to Kyle Pitts, who made an incredible grab for a 34-yard gain. The high caliber throws. Then uh, some low caliber throws late in the first. Ritter's pocket presence was non-existent on a sack from a slowly crumbling pocket. No movement. He took a 13-yard sack. Okay, you don't want to take 13-yard sacks. Uh, move, extend the play. You got legs, use them. And uh, so we'll just, you know, stay on top of this. We'll talk to Desmond tomorrow. I think I got a story planned for, you know, hey, uh, I think, you know, we used to do a Brett Favre story every week, so I'm kind of conditioned to do a quarterback story every week, uh, no matter what, and we'll stick to that until he gets tired of us and we get tired of doing that. So, but with that, it, you know, it should be a good game. Sunday's a good test for the Falcons. This is one I had on my, um, when the schedule came out, I had them winning this one. Uh, they're the underdogs, though, so I, I got that wrong. So the um, Falcons are home dog, opened at one point, uh, one point underdog. We'll see how it moves uh, throughout the week. But yeah, this is uh, one of those games where you can get the schedules like, oh, they got Jordan Love, they can, they can beat them. 
now you see that hey they went out and you know just uh, took it to the bears hey maybe this is a good game maybe this is gonna be a more evenly matched contest the falcons certainly won like coach said it wasn't aesthetically pleasing got things to work on can't give up 154 yards rushing every week that's gonna make a long long day on most sundays if you do that but uh, they they took care of the rookie quarterback, baited him into a couple throws, and pulled out a win. And you know it was, it was very kind of impressive that they closed it out so strong with a 14-0 uh, fourth quarter against the Panthers. So that was very impressive. Now they can build off of that, stop the run, probably have to give Flowers some help at times if he's still out there, and uh, just kind of stay tuned this week for updates on Corderell Patterson and Mike Hughes. That helps, uh, and Jeff Okunda. Those were the three that uh, didn't play last game, and uh, also Jesse Bates left the game, but he went back in, so he was okay. That was the only injury we noticed during the game. So with that, we're going to get out of here. That's episode 414. You know, we're going to go ahead and get ready for the rest of the week of practice. Keep you updated on AJC.com and then be ready for that 1 o'clock kickoff against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. going to ask you to take care of yourself and have a great rest of your week.